0: Hello, you're very welcome to if I were the Minister for Education from Unshod.net. Interview. Discover Irish Children's Books. With Sarah Webb and Connor Braden. Hello, hello. You're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education, an educational podcast where I take an aspect of the primary school curriculum and I tell you what I would do if I were the Minister for Education. Uh, it's Simon here and I have a very special guest uh, Two guests, uh, this week. I have Sarah Webb, who is a children's author and bookseller, amongst many other things. And I also have Connor Breton, who might sound, uh, familiar to you because he was on the podcast before, but is also uh, a teacher and author. I'm going to go a children's author as well. And, uh, delight to have them both on to talk about children's books and specifically Irish children's authors because Uh, I know Sarah uh, is going to tell us a little bit about a project she's been involved in and is involved in trying to promote Irish writers as a teacher, but also as a father of an avid reader. This is going to be something really, really interesting to you if you're listening, because uh, I think I'm probably as guilty as many of our parents uh, of going into the shop and picking up uh, a book by the likes of very good authors, uh, mind you, English and U.S., uh, authors, but sometimes we forget that we have some homegrown talent here, and a lot of homegrown talent, and I'm hoping to learn of a few recommendations that I can bring home uh, to my own house, and uh, hopefully start my son appreciating the authors that we have at home. So both of you, Sarah and Connor, you're very, very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education. Thank you, Sam. Thanks very much. Um, well, be, be, the best way to start, and this always sounds like the start of a job interview, is to ask uh, our guests to tell us about yourself. Maybe, Sarah, you might start us off, maybe tell us about your own education journey um, and how you got to be a children's author. I know lots of people are always interested in how people get into writing. And then maybe to circle back onto what got you interested in particular in promoting Irish uh, authors uh, to schools.
1: Yeah, well, Simon, I grew up in Dorkey, County Dublin, and I went to the local national school there for a little while. Um, my mum was a primary school teacher, but as a primary school teacher in the 60s, my mum had to leave work uh, mm-hmm. when she got married and had us because of the marriage bar. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when I go into schools now and, and tell children this, they just don't believe it. They refuse to believe it, which I think is actually a good thing. Mm. And so she left teaching when she had us, although she still taught part-time after school. She taught French after school. Um Unfortunately, I didn't exactly thrive. There was a huge amount of children in my class. Mm. I think there were 48, um, which sounds insane now, but I believe it did happen then, you know, that just Mm. all the children were put into one class. Um, And I did not read fluently and confidently until I was nine and a half. So my parents took me out of that school and put me into a primary school called St. Andrew's College in Boucherstown, which had much smaller classes. And where I did pick up how to read eventually. But I think it, it set me back a little bit, and I certainly didn't enjoy early uh, schooling. Uh, later on, once I could read fluently, everything clicked into place for me, and I started loving school. In kind of fifth, sixth class, I kind of was a bit like the teacher's pet. <laughs> oh. no, it was so, I really was so excited to read. And I wanted to be involved in the plays. I wanted to be writing uh, short stories. I wanted to work in the school newspaper. You know, I really wanted to do everything. And I was quite sporty as a kid as well. And senior school, I went to the same school, St Andrews. And um, um, so I would have been in school there in the 80s. Yeah, around the 80s. And uh, English wasn't taught particularly well. But I really enjoyed reading. And I never stopped reading. And I started writing when I was in secondary school. Mm. Um, and then in college, Um, again, I kind of did reviews and I kept writing. And then I worked in bookshops for a couple of years. And that's when I started kind of thinking, well, actually, I could actually write a children's book. When I was mm. working as a children's bookseller in Waterstones. Oh. So that was kind of the... <laughs> A journey to becoming a writer. I studied English, modern English and history of art in Trinity because they were two subjects I loved. Great. I was very lucky to have parents who said, yeah, you can study subjects you like. You know, A lot of my friends were kind of slightly pushed into things like engineering or science, or, you know. but my parents were great. They said, yes. no, nope, you study what you want to, what you're passionate about. And I've always been passionate about both art and books. So, great,
0: great. Uh that that that's fantastic. And uh Connor, you might remind uh our listeners who may not remember you uh, last time you were on, uh, who are you and uh, why are you here?
2: <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, so I'm Connor, primary school teacher, teaching twelve years now. Um and uh similar to Sarah books was always a passion and always something I was really, really into. Um like, I remember my dad saying to my mum once when I was a kid, if you're ever stuck for a present for Connor, just get another book by the same author of whatever he's reading now and he'll be mm-hmm. delighted. Um, and that's still true. Um, and again, like Sarah, around fifth, sixth class, I started sketching out and writing my own stories and it's that kind of never left me. Um, now, uh, as of last, last year, I was extremely lucky to get, um, the Raising Voices Fellowship. From children's mm. books, Ireland, which kind brilliant. of helped me a lot with my potential writing mm-hmm. in children's books, and that's kind of where
0: I am now. Oh, fantastic! It's it's brilliant. I love uh, meeting fellow writers and uh, chatting, chatting all things books. But um, it's usually the the genre I'm generally around is poetry, the poetry world. So, uh, but I do love a good children's book and. Um, and do you know what I love as well? That um, you know, and maybe it's just the little bubble I'm in. I'm here. I'm seeing and hearing of, of more and more teachers starting to read books uh, mm-hmm. than I had maybe uh, the, you know maybe ten years ago or so on. This, this seems to be a bit of a resurrection, uh, nearly into reading again, which, I, which I'm delighted to see. Uh, though that may very well be just the small bubble I live in. But um, I, I'd love to be. One of the things I'd love to I'd love to ask um, about people who write for a living or at least write for part of their living. Is uh, to um, is is about the first book they remember being read to by someone at home, uh, whether that was their their mum or dad or uh, an auntie or a grandparent or somebody else. Can you remember the first book that you ever were that was ever read to you, uh, Sarah?
1: Maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, as I was saying, my mum was a primary school teacher, so. Um, she was very keen on books and reading, and and she died last year. But and up right up until when she was a bit sick, she read. She was a huge reader, avid reader, daily reader. And my dad is a big reader too, mm. um. And they really believed in reading to us. Um. And funnily enough, my mum read to us all the time, mm. so I don't really remember uh, any individual book. But my dad was obsessed with one oh. book, so I remember that because he read it to us over and over again. And that was A.A. A. Milne poetry. Yeah. He loved um, uh, when we were young and now we are six. Uh-huh. You know, there's kind of um, James, James, Morrison, Morrison, Weatherby, George Dupree. He <coughs> took awfully good care of his mother, even though he was only three. Yeah. Um, and there's all kinds of, there's Good King Winchester, there's all kinds of Halfway Down the Stair. There's loads and loads of poems that I still are really familiar to me today. Wow. Um, from that. So that was the first book and I think, as I say, because he loved it so much that he read it to us over and over again, so it really has imprinted um, for me. That's lovely.
0: And Connor, is there any book that stood out to you from... (laughs)
2: Um, This is going to sound very strange. Um, I... My, my dad, when I was a very young kid, my dad, uh, we, we I was living in New York and um, with my parents, obviously, not just on my own, <laughs> and my dad um, was running a, a bar, so he, he was the big reader out of my parents, and because of that, um, I never was really read to as a very young kid, but what I do remember is being really excited when I discovered books on tape, and you know the ones not not audiobooks but the ones where the book is being read to you and then it's like beep turn the page and to the point that there's so many like especially um, film to book adaptions that were done for kids yes. and done on tape and it used to have the sound effects and the voices from the characters in it and that just that was the earliest book I remember loving and I specifically remember because it was our Neighbors next door to us in uh, Bayside in Brooklyn, uh, she had older teenagers, and um she gave a, a whole lot of their books to us for me to listen to. And it was the Star Wars book on tape wow. that is the first one that really stuck out. Which is so funny because I remember finding out when I was like maybe nine. Wait, Star Wars was a movie? I I thought it was just a on tape. <laughs> wow. Uh, so yeah, that's very cool.
0: My my mine were I I. I I actually remember those tapes. I think my my parents bought those from. A couple. I I never I actually completely uh, that went ahead of my mind. But now that you say it, I do remember them. My I remember the books that we I I was started off on were the Mister Men series, the Roger Hargreaves things. So, uh, mm-hmm. and I remember we used to I used to get one every time we went up to Belfast to visit my grandparents. I get a new Mister Man book when it came out because they were new back then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing the kind of the books that kind of stick out. And uh, I suppose now that now that now looking back as a, as an adult, was there is there a favour? I know it's it's like picking your children, your favourite child, but um, <laughs> a kind of a, 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 a kind of a, a young person's or a child a children's book that you go back to time and time again that you just have a fondness for.
1: Um, well, for me, it is definitely where the wild things are. By Maurice Sendak. Um, it's a book that came out from the, end of the year I was born, 1969. And it is just outstanding. Mm. But I think every time you read it and every time you look at the illustrations, you kind of find out something new. Yeah. Um, and I just love studying it. And um, yeah, I, I could read it over and over again. And I think the great children's books, especially picture books, stand up to rereading. Mm. Um, my goodness, I've read it hundreds of times, and I'm still learning from it. Yeah. Um, the illustrations were incredible. Wow! But then, I think it's the one. There's, uh, you know, your your kind of desert island book. Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that would be the one I would definitely. That's your take desert island book.
0: From. That's that's yeah. great. Yeah, well, what would your mm-hmm. desert island book be? Children's book. Um,
2: my desert island book would probably be Northern Lights by Philip Pullman. Ah. It's also known as uh, The Golden Compass. Yes. Um, I think it was the first book I remember reading and feeling like I was it was changing me and having an influence on me I was maybe only fifth class when I read it and I just remember kind of really really feeling the injustices that the main character was trying to Mm. sort and then even seeing some not exact same because obviously it's a fantasy but seeing similar things in my life Mm. around me and getting very annoyed about that and wanting to be like Lyra in the book. Mm. Um, and although The Northern Lights is my desert island book, I'd love to sneak the whole <laughs> trilogy in with me if I'm allowed. Because <laughs> I literally, as soon as I put down book one, I just started screaming and looking and searching for book two and then book three. And yeah, like I can pinpoint parts of my personality that came from that trilogy. Wow.
0: <laughs> that's, that's impressive, isn't it? For, for a book. Mm. Fantastic. Well, I'd love to talk to you both um about what you're here for, uh which is uh pr- we what we're hoping to is promote uh, the Irish um sorry, the Discover Irish Children's Books uh scheme because uh for those of you who are listening to it, this is an initiative um that I'm very excited about. Um and I was reading the blurb um really also why you started the scheme? And you can tell us a little about it. But I thought that the, there was one uh, testimonial, let's say, and it, I, it says, "Out of interest." Oh, sorry, you said this yourself, Sarah. Out of interest, I asked children attending my summer workshops who their favourite writer was. Even when prompted, they struggled to name an Irish writer. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I when I when when I read that first, I was like, ah, that 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 can't be true. And then I tried to name an Irish children's author myself. And I, I actually struggled. Um so tell us about the scheme and um tell us about all the wonderful Irish authors. Well, well not tell, they don't tell us all about them, we've plenty of time, but tell us <laughs> tell us about the scheme at least to start off with.
1: Yeah. Well, I suppose Discover Irish Showfence books um came from me looking at number one, the charts. Um i have been I have a great friend called Marisa Connor McKenna. Mm-hmm who I know teachers will know well because it's often under the Hawthorne tree as a real classic um, novel. And I know it's still much loved by teachers and students all over Ireland. Um, And Marita had a new book out um, in March. And I was having a look at the charts because I was hoping for Marita that she would chart in the top 10. And I was looking on the week it came out, the week after that and the week after that. And I didn't it didn't chart. It didn't make the top 10. And I was surprised by this because it was it's called Fairy Hill. It's a really strong book. It had a terrific cover. It was all over the bookshops. Mm-hmm. It was book, one of the book of the months in Eason. Um, and that really interested me. So I started studying the chart. <laughs> and I can be a bit kind of nerdy when it comes to things like that. And I, was, I studied it between uh, April and early August. And every week... <laughs> I looked and I looked to see were there any Irish mm. books on the children's chart. And then I started counting the amount of adult authors on the original fiction chart. And during that time, between May and early August, which is when I was counting, it was 15 weeks, there were no Irish books charting on the children's chart. And I counted 96 Irish writers charting on the equivalent wow. Irish fiction list. Okay. Like 96 versus zero. Yeah. And then I started thinking, well, we have a problem here. Um and then over the summer, and um I do it now every time I go into my school, I would I ask the children what their favorite authors were, and the same authors were coming back to me over and over again. And I know you can guess mm. them. Who'd you think the same who, Connor, who do you think the authors coming back at me over and over again were?
2: Well, I, I know who I know who they were. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I okay, I'm going yes, to go with that. David Williams, Dal Pilkey. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, was, missing, missing another another one. one that was coming back over a, a dead, out. dead. One. Yeah. yeah. So Pilkey and also Bunny versus Monkey sometimes, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Blyton, Dal, uh, Williams. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: But time yeah. and time again, and it was as if almost they didn't know any other writers, mm. uh, let alone let alone Irish. So then I asked them, well, do you know any Irish children's authors? And often they could not come up with even one. And I found that really, really disheartening Mm. because I used to, you know, before COVID, I I visit schools every week. um, But obviously during COVID, that was kind of um, wasn't possible. So and you would ask them what their favourite books are and they would say a Judy Curtin book or an Owen Coffee mm-hmm. book or a Dirk Landy's, oh, yeah. you know they, they seem to have a much better, um, wider um, recognition. And so I, I there hasn't been much research done around this and it's something we're going to do early next year is we're going to ask teachers and schools to um, collaborate with us and doing some research in the classroom. Mm just to see what the recognition factor is on different authors and what they really are reading. We really don't have any research mm-hmm. to tell us what children are reading at the moment. Um, but this really, really bothered mm-hmm. me as an Irish children's writer and as someone who campaigns for um, Irish writers and illustrators. So I decided, well, I can either do nothing or I can do something. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I spoke to... A group of people, we ran a book festival together, a group of children's writers and illustrators. During COVID, we got funding from the Arts Council to, send, to set up a festival called Wonderfest. So Connor was very much involved, Ashwin Chaco, Alan Dolan, um, all kinds of people. So I, I reached out to that group and said, look, I'm going <laughs> to start another mad scheme. because I want to join. And Connor was the one who immediately said, yes, yeah, I know yep. Along with Let's so that's that's what
0: the the genesis of it was. Um. Ah, brilliant, brilliant! It's it's amazing. I I I because I'd forgotten him. there was a time really when you couldn't you couldn't get anyone but an Irish children's author, you know, the likes of yeah during the Skullduggery mm. Pleasant years and all that. Yeah, I remember teaching those books. Mm. It's amazing how they've sort of um, how that's almost been replaced by mm. these. By I suppose I, I I I don't know if it's an ebb and flow thing or or or, or whether it's just.
1: Yeah, I think to to be honest, there's loads of different reasons. And we've talked about this a lot with the campaign. Um, knowledge is a huge one, branding mm-hmm. is a huge one, and marketing spend.
2: Yeah.
1: Um Blighton is owned by Hashvet Children's Books. So the publishing house owns Blighton. Okay. So it's in their interest to get Blighton sales yes. because, you know, they own it. Why wouldn't sure. they? And uh, so they
2: have support. no author to pay, <laughs> as no, well. They're so, just you know.
1: paying themselves. It's, you know, um, so, so it, it is clever. Mm. They, there's no middleman. They just bought the Lightning Cash Log off, off whoever owns that. Um, yeah, and Williams—they just pump a huge amount of money. Sure. In. And um, yeah, so you're up against um, these big, big brands. Uh, Donaldson would be one on the picture, picture book side. Yeah. Um, yeah, And then what you find is a lot of the bookshops, um, independent bookshops are a little different, but the kind of bestseller bookshops, the chain bookshops, mm. uh, they get very good distance yes. from the large British publishers, which sometimes the, the Irish smaller Irish publishers can't match. Yeah. So, you know, it's a business decision. But I mean, what I am asking people to do is, yes, of course, it's a business decision, but just to think of the future of the whole business of, Mm -hmm. you know, the Irish publishing business, the Irish book business and children as well. Like, Mm -hmm. I I really, really believe children need to read and really benefit from reading books that are set in Ireland Mm -hmm. if they are living in Ireland or even if the Irish children living abroad because they see themselves in a book event. They see their village. You know, they see teachers, moonshores and they see and they, they feel that they have a place in books and then, uh, by extension in the arts, and like Connor, little Connor being read to and listening to his Star Wars, they go, well, maybe I could write. Mm. maybe I could work in the arts. Yeah. So I think it's actually really, really important. yeah,
0: I know, no, I, I agree there. and that's it's really interesting you say, and I'm skipping ahead one a couple of questions that it sort of links in quite nicely in terms of the the child seeing their context. Um, mm. you know, and um I, that that interests me in in, in the fact that. As bad as things are in terms of you know I suppose well um, not, children not knowing any Irish authors, then the 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 idea of diversity within that as well because I, I mean there's we, we we seem to not have enough I think there's a, there's quite a, a number of I, I I was just reading a book to my my son by Julie Dooley is that right my I, I got the the right authorship
1: sorry, I I Tully?
0: Tully. God, yeah, the character. Yeah. I know I get something wrong. My, my name's mixed up, but Eifertulie, and um, do you know, and and giving him the opportunity to you know see find you know an Irish an Irish voice, an Irish book, but a little uh, some mm-hmm. diversity in there as well. And mm-hmm. then we also have like I suppose in terms of the the broader sense of diversity, you know, in terms of characters from uh, different backgrounds, different cultures, different uh, mm-hmm. different everything. Uh, I mean, there there's it, it, you know, I presume. Um, this is all part of the scheme, is it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Really important to us that from the very beginning that we talked about children living in Ireland um, as well as Irish children. Um, And also we talked about authors living and working in Ireland as well as Irish authors authors living and working abroad. Yeah, really important to us. Um, Mm. And I think just as writers and illustrators and teachers. There's a librarian um, on the team, and we deal with all kinds of children. You know, I have two neurodiverse kids in my own home, Mm -hmm. so books like Frankie's World that you were talking about and finding your voice are really important and didn't exist when my two young people, you know, one of mine is 17 and the other is 29, Mm -hmm. so they just weren't around. Um, yeah, really important, and we're really lucky to have lots of different um, authors and illustrators living and working in Ireland. People like Ashman Chaco and Retha and all kinds of people. Clara, mm-hmm. um, who wrote Catfish Rolling. You know, we we do actually have a really diverse um, community now in the children's book world, and we really wanted to reflect that. Brilliant. And of
2: you as I a mean, teacher, you were very aware of that. Yeah, as well. like we, that's kind of the. Main thing that got me involved was, mm-hmm. um, you know, like for example, we're talking about Derek Landy, the, who wrote the Skulls of Pleasant series, and is still writing mm-hmm. them. Um, he's from the town I work in. Wow! Originally, and none of the kids in the school seem to know that. Gosh. And despite me screaming it at them and showing them, no, no, no look, he really? he he grew up in this area, like, and you know, yeah. and, and you talked about children seeing themselves in their books. The, um, the Darkmouth series by uh, Shane Hegarty, who's from Scaries, um, Darkmouth the town, uh, which is illustrated in the book as a kind of a, a 3D kind of a map, um, is very clearly scary. Yeah. And when, <laughs> like, and when you, when you point out, look, there's the ice cream shop at the end of the pier and there's the, there's the obelisk in the middle of the, the monument in the middle of the town, um, children light up. And I have seen children who would, would be, capable of reading but not interested in reading I have seen them completely shift gears when they see oh I know that town oh this author is from where I'm from or like we're talking about Aoife Dooley's uh, Frankie's World and Finding Your Mm -hmm. Voice oh I'm autistic and and this author is autistic and this character is autistic this is brilliant and Mm -hmm. I think like seeing yourself in a book is so incredibly important, mm. and I I remember having it growing up myself because, like you were saying a second ago, Simon, I, I, like I feel I was very lucky that I grew up at a time where every other book on the shelf and every other book that was selling was Irish written, mm. Um, mm. like Artemis Owen Cullifer's Artemis Fell um, was was I was the I was the age that I was the target audience when mm. it first came out, and I ate those books. <laughs> I inhaled. <laughs> And I, me and my friend used to even write letters to each other in the secret code at the bottom of the book, which was based on like little acorns and fairies and Irish things. And it just felt really, you know, it felt like it was made for me and me, me and my friends. And I think that's what's kind of missing when, mm. as, as amazing authors that we have, like Roald Dahl, David Williams, Dav Pilkey, JK Rowling, they are all good authors and sh- they do get children into books. But it's really good readers and kids who are already avid readers that read those books yes. and we need the Irish written books and the Irish illustrated books to get the children who are capable, but not passionate about reading. it. And that's, that's, I think the, the bit we're, we're missing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So I suppose what most people tuning in will be looking for is recommendations. Uh, Cause I, I think, uh, <laughs> uh, but before we, before we spoil them with some recommendations, um i actually no i'll no, we'll get we'll give them one to start off with uh let's <laughs> let's go with some picture books uh for the irish teacher who wants to bring in an irish author um what where would be a, a couple of good landing points for uh for some infant teachers or even older teachers if the picture books aren't just for infants of course
2: Well yeah. uh, i have infants this year uh senior infants and it's <laughs> it's Oh, um, But the benefit is getting to do books by the likes of Paddy Donnelly, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> who's a fantastic uh, illustrator and author. Uh, uh, he has books like Fox and Son and Taylors, um, The Vanishing Lake. Uh, another one, Steve McCarthy, who has done The Wilderness. Uh, Olivia Hope, who has a beautiful book, um, uh, Be Wild as Little One. And actually on that like that I had a little boy last year in senior infants who he just could not take his eyes off that book any time I took it out to read. Okay. And I met Olivia at the Children's Book Awards and I asked her to sign a copy for him and I gave it to him to yeah. keep. And he, he, he like he was holding on to it like it was an oxygen tank yeah. at the bottom of a submarine. He couldn't <laughs> let it go and he ran out and was like, Mam, ma'am, look, look, look. So, you know, that's there's there's three in here, sorry. Oh, there you
1: those are brilliant ones. I think also we have one of the greatest picture book makers for young children. So this would be kind of junior infants, but right up because there's actually interesting theories and ideas and it's Chris Houghton. Oh, I think um, Chris Horton is, is world class and well done. Mummy Penguin is a great one. And we also have the great Oliver Jeffers. Wow. Um, who I think people forget sometimes is Irish because yes. I know he is, based, since he is based in both New York and Belfast. Um, another great favourite, which I don't think people really know she's Irish because she's based in Bristol, but she went to college uh, near here um, where I live now in Danil, and that's Yasmin Ishmael. Okay. And she's incredible. And her Time for Bed, Fred, is just a classic. And there's another book called I'm a Girl which kind of examines um, being a girl, being a boy and what that mm. means in a very simple and open kind of way. And um, it's a great book. Brilliant. Um, but as Connor said, there's just incredible riches. We really, really bunch above our weight in Ireland, in picture books in particular. That's that's phenomenal, isn't
0: it? And, and I, I would mm. say if, you, if I, you had asked me to name a single Irish picture book writer and I like reading, I don't think I could have done it, which is uh, the wealth <laughs> that's there. Um, it's I mean just throughout the arts though do we we just we, we are so good at it and we recognise it in different areas like music I always get annoyed about music because it's just poetry put to like music melody and all the rest of it. no one buys poetry <laughs> but they buy loads of music uh, it's probably the same with uh, well when it comes to the writing uh, the the uh, the novels uh, sometimes picture books get left out a little bit uh, to, for the likes of the you know the the bigger names the Julia Donaldsons the Eric Carles all those kind of classics but it's great to know that they're out there and loads of really good recommendations for any uh, teachers that are listening and looking at picture books. One thing I really love, um, and I I hope to continue doing it, um, and I'm not sure which of you uh, came up with the idea, but it's great. If you like X, try Y um, Mm. idea uh, where, you know, if you're a big fan of David Williams or if you're a big fan of, I don't know, Mm. some other, you know, very well-known international author. try these Irish people out for size, you know, and I, I thought that was really, mm-hmm. really clever. Would you like to just tell tell us a little bit about that and maybe give an example of what? Yeah.
1: So we early on in the campaign, um, we were looking at different ways of just engaging people in different ways. Without saying, you know, these books are better than other books, but just if you like Donaldson, you might like this. Or if you like Eric Carle, Um, it's something that's been used on and off for years in the bookshops, but we thought it might be fun to do. And when we started doing it, we realized, oh my goodness, there's a real rich seam of things we can um, give Irish uh, um, recommendations for. So we have Donaldson, we have Kez Gray, Eric Carle, Tom Percival with a whole poster. And we created, it was Al Nolan, bless him, um author and designer and illustrator. He has created, uh, he creates two of these every wow. week. Yeah. So they're all available on our website, which is Discover Irish Kids, <laughs> discoveririshkidsbook.ie. And so they're downloadable. So a lot of um, teachers and librarians in particular have been downloading them and putting them up on the walls in the classroom and doing displays around them, oh, which courage. is fabulous. That is great. Um, but they're very simple and they're just um, the one for Donaldson ha- or we have, you know, if you like the Gruffalo, you'll love What Will Build by Oliver Jeffers, What I Like Most by Mary Murphy and Zhu Chen Lau, uh, Fox and Son Tailors, mm. which uh, uh, Connor was mentioning, he loves that by Paddy Donnelly, Colwell, will and Bug by Erica McGann and Jerry Daly, and the Slug, Slug and the Snail, which is a really um, interesting book. That, um that came picture book that came from the traveler community oh. roots and it's by Owen de Bardun, who is um very proud and wonderful travel writer. But... So we kind of give a taste of lots of different books, but these are like world class books um that people can try. And then we have ones for we have if you like Lighten you'll love Alan Nolan, Shane Regerty, if you like Deborah Williams, you'll love we have Bunny vs Monkey coming next week. Uh-huh. Um, Dogman. Ah very it, good yeah.
0: very good. I, I yeah,
1: but they've been a huge hit. Yeah, yeah, it's a
0: really it's a really clever idea. I've a, I have a bunny versus monkey big super fan in my house so I would look forward Eesh. to uh diversifying <laughs> his uh his, his reading because yeah. really it's, it's I, I mean one thing if I if I can be proud of anything I have a child that loves reading and uh Brilliant.
2: and I uh,
0: I mean it's 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 just a, uh, to 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 not do anything particularly major for my own child just to uh but just to read to him I think and and i know right. we as teachers we often say to parents and in fact i spend every every year i meet the parents coming into junior infants uh i always say to like, i don't i don't i don't like homework generally but if the i make an exception, read to a kid uh you know just cuddle up on mm-hmm. the sofa for five minutes and just read uh and if i'm talking to Teachers, I don't do this very often because no one would put me in front of a group of teachers, really, if they had any sense. But uh, one bit of advice I would say to any teachers, read to the class. um, Just read to your class. Just let them get experience being read to. And then maybe, maybe that will inspire that joy um, of reading and the children themselves. Um, and speaking of uh, reading uh, and teachers reading, uh, one thing that another thing I noticed on the site, because I've been devouring your site, is uh, the reading lists uh, for classes, different mm-hmm. classes. And again, I thought that was very clever. Now, I, I haven't checked it for a couple of weeks, but um, where, I wa- where I wa where I was, where I was at. Uh we were it's still being compiled, is that right? Yeah, there's a there's a few classes yes. up there. Yeah. Um maybe you could tell us what that looks like uh for a teacher who's interested in building up a, a class
2: library. Um I think one thing that teachers often do is we're creatures of habit. Um <laughs> I mean like we mentioned Marita conley McKenna's amazing under the Hawthorne Tree and it it is an amazing book and it is done all over the country, year in year, particularly in fifth class, because that's when the famine is covered in the history. curriculum, And that's kind of what it was. It was a case of, well, there's other, there's other that like not taken away from readers, but there are other books at other years in the curriculum and other subjects that we can link in. Yes, And so that's kind of where that kind of came from. Um, So that's been my little pet project of taking this amazing list that was compiled by, um, I, th- I think it was yourself, Sarah, and Trish. In, oh, I Maeve, that's it. it was the, yeah,
1: um, oh, and Trish yeah, Hennessy from that And Trish Hennessy,
2: um, yeah. gave me this list. So I am going through each book, learning about the book, and then connecting it to the, any bit of the curriculum that I can to, so, to basically <laughs> say to teachers, you have no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> there is, here's a long list. And there's so many things out there. And I think one thing teachers, uh, we all need to do is, to maybe let go of that habit mm. of connecting a book to the curriculum, particularly history. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's, a, it it is very easy and there are great books out there. But what I'm finding out, what I'm finding hard to do is there's a lot of books that teach children a lot about, you know, how to be a person, you know, how to be kind mm. to someone, citizen, how to, to be a good ally for people and all these really important life lessons. But because that's not in our curriculum. Um, a lot of teachers might not do it, but they'll do a book that's based in 1910 uh, in, in Lissadel House in Sligo, which is a perfectly good book to do. Um, but, you know, there's lots of books out there and that's, that's why we have it. So there's a spreadsheet downloadable on the website. The second class one is up there and the second class one is picture books as well. Mm. Then we have a third and fourth class one and I'm, Almost finished <laughs> the fifth and sixth class. So, hopefully, by the time people are listening to it, it'll be there. Oh, good. And it's a downloadable spreadsheet. You'll have the the name of the book, the author, the illustrator, if applicable, and then um, links to the curriculum beside it as well.
1: And we have, uh, Simon, we have posters coming to go with the um, uh, Connors list as well. So, we have the Irish picture book <laughs> one for second classes up there already. And we have lots more to come. Uh, We have we're a team of volunteers, Mm. so uh, (laughs) we're all kind of squeezing squeezing it in. But we're hoping to keep it going at least um, uh, for the foreseeable future. (laughs)
0: as long as we can. Absolutely. No, it's 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 just amazing to like for like a small like a small kind of idea, seed of an idea that's just grown and uh, that that already, despite it still, I I still consider it a little bit in its infancy. What you're doing, but the amount Mm. of wealth of stuff that's there. Um, it, mm-hmm. it is amazing. I mean, it, I was kind of, while you, were, while you were talking about, you know, linking books back to history and everything, I remember I like a book that I think I did when I was in school is still being done all the time, like Far Away Home by Marilyn Taylor, who, and I know Marilyn well, she's for, from, uh, uh, you know, she's she, uh, from my own childhood, she's she's uh, someone I knew, uh, but her book is still, you know, the World War Two book to kind of do. Mm-hmm. So I, I mm-hmm. get it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that. Um, we are creatures of habit a lot and um, you know I think it, there was, and then you get these trends like Holes by Louis Sasha was around for and then Wonder was around Oops. for a while wasn't it and like every so yeah, often yeah. there's a, a new book comes in and everyone gets very excited and then uh, yeah <laughs> so I don't know what the current Holes is you know now that I live in my office now and, uh, and I, I think actually you know uh, and I, um somebody who's uh, I know she's not I, I don't think she's Irish I think she's South African is uh, Catherine Rundell is it or um, Catherine
1: Rundell, yeah, Rundell is Rundell. yeah, yeah. She lived in Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe for a while, but she's actually English. That's right, she's yeah. uh,
0: a British. I, I, yeah. um...
1: she is she is an exceptional oh, writer. But I would say that we have another Catherine, in Catherine Doyle, oh. <clears> who is also an exceptional writer. And her Keeper's Island, I know a lot of teacher friends use the first book in the Keeper's Island uh, trilogy, and um, as a class novel, and it's terrific because it has Irish mythology in it. It has weather. It has a little bit about bullying and peer pressure. It's a really oh, good Oh, very
0: good. That is,
1: <laughs> and mm. one thing we are asking teachers to do is to consider using an Irish uh, a novel written by an Irish mm. author um, for the class novel. And that's what Connor's working on at right the moment is the list of really, really mm. useful books. That so, is, you know, there's lots that um, teachers can do They could... They can use an Irish picture book on story mm, time. Exactly,
2: exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. And there's one so. thing just on that because I know straight away when we talk about class novels a lot of teachers, mm. the reason we do the same books every year is because we have a set of 32 of them in the press. <laughs> that's easy. And yeah. just to thrive, you can borrow class sets of novels from your local library. So if you want to do a particular novel that's on our class novel list, like, check it, just contact your local library. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not on, for example, I'm in the Fingal library, even if it's not in the Fingal library, you can That's still northern. order it and it'll be pulled from the different branches across the country. Yeah,
0: yeah it's a really important thing, actually. We, we, we've we used that uh, <coughs> here here in Carlow, where rather than buying loads and loads of novels, that you, you can go to the library. Now, they come in dribs and drabs sometimes, uh, down here anyway. Uh, but mm. if you give a, a, a enough notice... I uh, thought uh, you'll get your class set of uh, of a novel, and, and so on. I, I the reason, sorry, just to go back uh, when I mentioned Catherine Rundle, I, 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 although not Irish, was how I came across her was at a book festival, um, and mm. she was reading. It was in Ireland, in Boris. It's a it's a festival of writing and ideas.
1: Yeah. And she was over
0: yeah. uh, at that, and um it was amazing that well, um, it she it, I hadn't really heard of her particularly, but after listening to her read. Um, I was there with my son, and he he was in a, you know absolutely you know I mean she's a beautiful reader of her of her work, and a beautiful mm-hmm. speaker, is, uh, so just a, a beautiful person in general, do you know. Uh, but what got me thinking was it's a really good idea to go to um, different festivals, and, and and I know when I mm-hmm. go to a book festival, and there, there there's many of them in Ireland, we're very good at book festivals, to find that that children's section in it. There's usually a to- sometimes a bit tokenistic, but. Not often. Are, are there any festivals you think stand up uh, above others?
1: No, this, is one, this is one of my interests. Connor's laughing You've here. poked
2: <laughs> at the bear, uh-huh. Simon. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: And rightfully
1: um, so. Yeah, over the last two to three years, unfortunately, the amount of children's events at festivals has really, really ah. dipped. Um, I've been keeping an eye on it now. Uh, I've been keeping spreadsheets for two years. And, um, you know, I'm going to mention the good yeah. ones. It's always better to mention the positives. Um ILFD International Literature Festival, Dublin had a whopping fifty-two wow. events for children last um last May when they ran their yes. festival. Um a wide range of both Irish and international writers and illustrators, storytellers, um, all kinds of people. Uh Shane Hegersley, I know, was involved. I Spoke. Uh yeah, really ILFD is really, really good. West, Court, yes. West Cork West Court Literary Festival. Really, really strong commitment um, to children's. Dublin Book Festival coming up in November. Mm. Really, really strong commitment to children's events. Um, and this is what I'd love to see, really, with all the festivals that they don't just have a token, you know, we'll do three, we'll do a storytelling in the local library, we we'll do something in the bookshop, and then we might have one writer. <laughs> you know, what I want to see is a real commitment because arts audiences don't come fully formed at 18. You know, we have to build arts audiences. Mm. And as you say, Simon, it's incredibly um, important, I think, for uh, children and young children in particular, primary school children, to see authors and illustrators in action Mm. and to go, wow, these are real people with (laughs) all kinds of strange quirks and faults, just like me. And maybe I could do this. Mm-hmm. You no, know, i think it's incredibly important
2: there are schemes though sorry
0: yeah there there's sorry sorry there, yeah go there, on. There, there's schemes out there though for i mean i know there are aimed at schools though, where the author can magically come to the to the screen mm-hmm. to talk to to talk to classes yeah, uh, yeah is that something that you find i mean in your own work sarah but then also you know other other irish writers mm-hmm. that is uh, is popular
1: um Yeah, so there's the Righteous in School Scheme that's run by Poetry Ireland and they co-fund both Zoom or, you know, online events, uh, visits, school visits and in-person visits. I much prefer in-person visits because I like to walk around the classroom. I like to engage with the kids. I want to see their work. I want to look on the walls and see. And I always ask teachers beforehand to make sure that the children who would like to show me their work, Mm. have a chance to show me their work, and I sit with them and I'll read it and I'll chat to them. You can't really do that online. Saying that online does have a place, and during COVID, I think it was incredibly important just to have that contact. Um, But yeah, the Writing School Scheme is is really important, and if people don't know about it, it's run by Poetry Ireland, and you can look it up on their website, and there's a host of amazing Mm. authors involved. Um, Yeah. Yeah but I love, it's one of my favourite bits of my week is going into school. Yeah, I know,
0: it's nothing. It, it's
1: no, we're love it. very
0: lucky, Connor and I, that we, we, we get to have that joy every day where we where you have all these lovely people <laughs> coming in are all very happy to see you uh, most of the time. <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> well, it's kind of easier for me, Simon, because I get to go in, spend like an hour or two hours with the kids. I don't have paperwork. I don't have to deal with the parents, although I'm sure your parents are <laughs> lovely. Um, you know, I don't have any of that admin um, Stuff I'm, I'm literally just in there to inspire and enthuse the oh, children. Okay. So I kept the good bits. Of the well, that's,
0: that's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Paddy, you were saying something before I rudely interrupted. Sorry.
2: No, you didn't rudely interrupt. You. It's, your, it's, your, it's your podcast. <laughs> uh, it, the one Sarah was talking about how important it is for like author visits and everything. And um, what I found very interesting, at the I, I learned it at the Children's Books Ireland conference, not this year, but the previous year, was that it's actually been proven That having authors and illustrators visit schools, even through Zoom, actually increases literacy rates Mm -hmm. uh, in that school. And I think that's important because sometimes I think, again, as a teacher, you know, I I do stress more about test results than I stress about, you know, the, the grow of books, which is extremely important. So that's how I kind of shut that part of my brain out when I'm booking author visits for teachers in my school. I say, no, 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 this has been proven to help. Inspire children and get them motivated to read and actually even just helping them boost up their ability to read. So it's it's something that as teachers, we we are sometimes more worried about the end of the year report card and what it's going to say. And let's make sure they they can read more words then than they did when they came Mm -hmm. to me. But you can do that through author visits.
0: Absolutely, as well. no, you're, you're you're absolutely right. Another scheme that seems to be getting uh, infiltrating our our schools in a very positive way is um, is sort of an adaption of this one book one town kind of thing. They've got this one book one mm-hmm. school idea. Have you have you come across that? Uh, number, one, I, I hope you find it a good idea because I'm going to ask you to recommend uh, a couple of books that a school might consider that could you know cross the age ranges of you know. Four mm-hmm. to twelve that can be enjoyed. Um, I know last year we actually did where Where the Wild Things Are, but this year I'd love to get a you know an Irish um, author in ours uh, You know, as the one book one school uh, school idea. Yeah,
1: it's a lovely idea. I love it. Um, and different age children get different things out of books. So something I think like Wilderness, um, by Steve McCarthy could be really interesting because there's lots going in going on in it, and the artwork is quite sophisticated and i talk a lot i'm i'm a really really big fan of comic books and graphic mm. novels myself as a reader but also for children because i think for children like me who didn't take to reading quickly i think having visuals to help you uh work out what's happening in the story i um uh, bunty yes <laughs> the comic book bunty and bino were a huge part of my early reading mm. journey because i could work out what was happening through the pictures so my visual literacy was really really strong before i learned um the mechanics of mm-hmm. reading um so yeah no, i think that's a gorgeous idea but something maybe in oliver jeffers the uh is it called the incredible book eating boy i think that might be an interesting one as well you know there are quite a lot and fox and sun Taylors is another one mm-hmm. but even though it is obviously a picture book there's loads in in the illustrations connor and um, we'll tell you this there's like oh, the main shops, and then there's tiny little night yeah. shops.
2: <laughs> and there's, <laughs> so there's, like there's a, a whole path going through. Yeah, and it actually, it's funny. funny like, I'm actually doing Fats and Sun Taters with my class. I just finished it today.
1: No, um, right. So
2: I do a picture book a week with senior infants, but yeah. to, to wind them up and make them more motivated. On yeah. Monday we'll do the cover, at the back. We'll talk about it. We'll do the first few pages, and then uh, I stop and I create cliffhangers. By do you want to see? Yeah. They're <laughs> they're to and then I close the book yes. and say, "We'll fuck it out tomorrow." And it's brilliant because then by the time they get to Thursday, when I read the when I read the ending, they're actually just so excited to sit down oh. and and find out what what's, what's going to happen, you know. Um, and Fox and Son Taylor is particular, and you mentioned the wilderness too. The two of those books, the the mm-hmm. pictures are so detailed yeah. that I yeah. and there's so much going on in them uh, that I think a lot of children of all ages can get a lot out of them, which is kind mm-hmm. of what you want if you're doing a one book one one school kind of yeah. thing. Um, but, like, there's a lot of books in there. One one that I love is, um, I Believe in You by Deborah Samoran as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
2: and it's just, a, it's a lovely little book because it's just about this little girl going through her day and lots of people saying, don't worry about this. I believe in you. I think, I mm-hmm. think you can do this. And, um, it's just nice as well because there's people of colour are the predominant people in it and it is an Irish books too. And, like, we do have Irish people of colour more and more and more in our schools. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's nice to, for like we talked about children seeing themselves in books. So there, there's another reason.
0: Oh, that's that's uh, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's good to good to know that. Uh, you know, as, as I said, uh, one of the things we're trying to do at the moment, uh, were uh, the decolonization of our libraries, uh, or uh, as it's known. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. to see. Um, it's good to see that there's some Irish authors, uh, and Irish authors of colour, and uh, different. Uh, Mm-hmm. people who with different abilities, sexuality, everything else, and ethnicities uh into, into yeah. our uh, into our into our skills and needs to see as, as much of that as uh, as possible um i i i i'm I'm really enjoying this conversation, but uh we're coming to the end uh so but i I always ask and Panel will know this from the last time uh that i I have to ask you at uh, the the ultimate question that if you were given the benign dictatorship of being the Minister for Education for one day and you could change at least one thing uh, in the education system what that would be. So let's start with you Sarah, if you were the Minister for Education, what one change would you make to the primary system in Ireland? It doesn't have to be related to books, but it can of course. Well,
1: with mine it would be definitely related to books and it would be reinstating the funding for school libraries. Um, In 2015, the funding for school libraries was was taken Mm -hmm. away. It wasn't cut it was just abolished and since then they have given last year they gave a once-off grant um but i know from talking to some teachers that 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 money in all schools did not always get used for books um which is a shame but i understand how um sometimes just um it gets sidelined to other things but it was given to schools Mm. for books but what needs to happen is every year they need to be given money and it needs to be ring-fenced for books and schools need to be properly funded so they don't need to dip into other funding to pay electricity, to pay, you know, basic things. So I think the first thing obviously would be to fund schools properly, that is a given, but also to reinstate the school library grant. I think it's really important because we won't get, if we want to make our libraries diverse, inclusive, if we want to have gorgeous new Comic books, picture books, um, all kinds of books that children really mm. want to read need to have new books in those libraries every year. We need to refresh the offering for children. We cannot do that without uh, Absolutely, funding. people so, buying yeah, those books and there you
0: go. that's fantastic. No, absolutely, Connor, you get a second bite of the cherry. What well, 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 you know? Oh, this is great. <laughs> I, I,
2: I, this is my second day being the minister for education. Um, it's like. I'm, I'm going to be a bit lame. I'm sorry, Sarah, but because Sarah has now fixed the funding for books thing, I'm just going to say I'm going to half class. Okay. (laughs) If I can do that. I, I had only uh, 22 children in my class last year and I have 27 this year. And even though that's only five, I am really feeling the difference. Um, and it's just, you know, we're, we're the highest in the EU still. Uh, in terms of class-people-teacher ratio, and that's something I think we should be very ashamed mm-hmm. of. But I'm going to take mm-hmm. my teacher hat off and say I'm going to second Sarah's motion of uh, reinstating the, <laughs> the, the books. Yeah, and
0: for absolute sure. It's, it's, it is really uh, interesting. After, um, before Brexit, we could always console ourselves with being the second highest class size in the EU, and then Brexit happened. And mm-hmm. Then, shame for shame, we became the highest, uh, and still are. Despite the fact that class sizes have so are supposedly down to about twenty four now uh we're still a couple off the next worst country which um is France of all places at, at twenty two mm. I think're or three so we're 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 getting close mm. to the magic uh the magic number uh, which uh by Luxembourg is the lowest class size we do at fifteen. these are just nerdy facts. I'm just throwing out at you just to feel clever uh, but there you go <laughs> but i will I will third your recommendation no we we funnily enough um I didn't know the library book grants even um it was good I just assumed we got it. Despite, you know, being in charge of the school, you know, you just we get all these bitty grants all the time. Um but I, I if I if I recall I I don't think it's very high though, the book, the book grants, is it? No. Yeah. Would you get a yeah. hundred books out of I it? Mean, I think
1: it was, yeah, it was something like twenty euro per child. Um but it's enough to get a good amount of books but, you know it's enough to refresh the offering every yeah. year.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah. noticed, you know, and I don't know about I, I mean Connor, your school's a little new. Well, it's about the same age as our school, but we we completely rely.
2: Our school is twenty years old. and um, This is our twenty-first year. Ah, of this very year. good. We're slightly but and we're getting. Our, we're only now getting our permanent building.
0: That's it. It's been <laughs> funny. Yeah, we we were a few years after you. We we opened for, this. is Our fifteenth year, but we essentially, um, I'm still due to a point, rely on donations of books that people don't mm-hmm. want, and.
1: But that's wrong, isn't that? It, it is you not know? it its now. We've been
0: lucky. Fun. There's been a couple of schemes. Uh, there's a really good um, yes to languages scheme where which allows which has allowed us buy a few hundred um, books in lots of different languages, which um, you know helps with mm-hmm. diversity. I know it doesn't help particularly with the Irish book scene, but it's it's still important that that that's part of our libraries as well. Um, and then you know the CBI, I suppose we haven't mentioned chosen books Ireland at all. I know uh, as a, as an entity, uh, they're very very good in terms of recommendations for. Um, oh, Irish good. books and yeah. Irish writers, um, as well as international uh, writers as well, and um, I presume you you probably you know work with each other a little bit and uh, are aware of each other's presence Definitely. at least. You're not, not, I hope you're not yeah. like two cats yeah. in a room hissing at each other, you know? <laughs> no,
1: not at all. No, yeah. Connor. Um, Connor obviously had the bursary from Children's Books Ireland, and I was actually um, the chairperson of of Children's Books Ireland for many years, and. Back in the day, myself and a group of librarians, teachers and writers set up Children's yeah. Books Ireland. So no, nothing but grow for Children's yeah. Books Ireland. They, and actually some
2: of uh, some of the volunteers are um, full-time working with Celia.
1: Yes, Ruth. Uh,
2: Ruth in particular, who, if yes. we're going to talk about recommendations, mm-hmm. we definitely have to mention. <laughs> I think Ruth would be very upset with both of us <laughs> uh, uh, if we didn't mention. So at the minute, if you look on any social media and search up uh, for Perfect. the month of October, search up hashtag D-I-B-K challenge 23. So d- discover Irish kids books and uh, challenge. And every yeah. day there's a different theme. Ruth designed this through Dennis. Um, every day there's a different theme. Yesterday it was uh, books that had LGB- LGBTQ representation. The day before that it was a book from 2023. The day before that it was board books. So... That, that's mm. what you do, search there, brilliant. and there's already well over 100 posts on Instagram with loads of recommendations of Irish readers. Oh, books. that's yeah.
1: fantastic. She's brilliant. And Simon, can I just say we have an extraordinary um, thing in Ireland, which is a huge positive in that we have our own laureate in yes. Oak. Um, so we have a children's laureate. And every time I go to schools and talk to the children, I always tell them about their laureate because it is mm. their laureate. And she is the remarkable Patricia Ford who um writes both australia and in english and she is extraordinary she writes picture books uh all kinds of novels oh, everything um, so it's a really lovely thing i think for children to know that she is for them, you know she's there that's like amazing those.
0: and isn't it wonderful that we we have such a good foundation uh in in mm-hmm. in, in 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 writing that it's it's so good that what we're doing is uh, is is bringing that to the forefront, you know, in in a kind of maybe we're in just a lull of, you know, of of knowledge of Irish writers. And I I hope that's what it is (laughs) more I than anything, but you're doing what, it's great to see you doing what you can um, to bring us back to our our homegrown talents, uh, because you know we we, we mm-hmm. need them uh, we need them more more than we ever needed them before you know particularly the way the world is going um and um you know and thank you for doing this i mean just even as a as a parent as a teacher thank you for for, for starting this it's been absolutely brilliant if people are looking to find out more about it i know you mentioned the website but maybe mention it again where people can find uh more about this uh the, the initiative and um just to say thank you again for having us so tell us where where we can find find it
1: yeah, so the website is where a lot of our resources and there's a, there's a special um, section for teachers, um, for resources for teachers. So do have a look at that. I mean, it is discoveririshkidsbooks.ie. And then we are also on Instagram, Twitter, and um, under at Irish Kids Books. So you can uh, look at it for us there Brilliant. as well
0: brilliant thank you so much uh sarah and thank you connor as well for for coming along and, and having a chat to me no problem uh, it's 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 wonderful uh to see you i i when i'm this will be this will be out i suppose if you're listening now it's already out obviously but uh we're we'll get this out before the <laughs> before the halloween break Um so hopefully uh you'll, you've enjoyed this uh, as much as I have and thank you again Sarah and Connor for appearing on If I Were the Minister for Education and hopefully that library book grant will be reinstated thanks to your dictatorship and uh, we will Excellent. have to <laughs> see quickly after that Conor thanks both for listening I hope you all enjoyed thank, thank you I uh, hope you all enjoyed this uh, special episode this interview uh, about uh, discovering Irish kids books thanks again to Sarah Webb and uh, Connor Redden for uh, appearing and we'll catch you soon all the very best bye bye